0: Yeah, 9 to 8, it's time for a dose of common sense. Goodness me. Corey Bernardi's on the line, as he is with us each week. Corey, good morning.
1: Good morning to you,
0: Alan. Corey, I'd love your view here. I've just made the point that Spain has had the most draconian lockdown. In fact, they started to reduce the lockdowns. The most draconian in Europe. Their deaths per 1 million are 615. Italy, not far behind Spain in draconian lockdowns, Deaths per million, 542. Everybody's familiar with Britain. Boris Johnson didn't want to go this route. They attacked him. He then went the massive lockdown route, 542 deaths per million. France, similarly. Then you go to Sweden, which everyone criticised, and they resisted the lockdown route. They knew the vulnerable, who were the elderly. They knew the cohort, and others got on with their business. It wasn't open slowly. They practised appropriate hygiene. Deaths per million, far below Spain or Italy or the UK, 396 per million. And in a piece I've written today in Sydney's Daily Telegraph, I quote Bjorn Lomborg, the president of the Copenhagen Consensus Centre, who wrote last week, while the COVID epidemic inevitably creates an economic cost, moderate social distancing will have a higher economic impact. I quote Dr Joel Kettner, the professor of community health sciences, and surgery at Manitoba University in Canada. I've seen pandemics, one every year. It's called influenza and other respiratory illness viruses. I've never seen this reaction and I'm trying to understand why. Dr. David Katz, the founding director of the Yale University Prevention Research Centre. I'm deeply concerned that the social, economic and public health consequences of this near total meltdown of normal life will be long lasting and calamitous Possibly graver than the direct toll of the virus itself, the unemployment, impoverishment and despair will be public health scourges of the first order. Corey, simple question, which experts are we listening to?
1: Well, Alan, once again, like you have for the last four decades, you're ahead of the curve because uh, the experts that you're now quoting are the ones that should have been listened to in the first place. But unfortunately, the government uh, right around the world, this, this government and the, the, those around the world, listen to the Imperial College in London who have a reputation for alarmism, uh, for uh, trying to over the pudding and always trying to make a catastrophic case for what are very mundane, in many senses, of the word uh, viruses. And uh, we have basically shut down the global economy on the basis of a very bad influenza epidemic, and uh, I'm not sure we'll ever recover.
0: No, I agree. So well, even, know, even yeah. the Prime Minister today is going through about five years. I mean, that'll give people a heart attack. I mean, pre- presumably, as I've said many times, Corey, Professor Johnny Ioannidis, who's the Professor of Medicine, Professor of Epidemiology and Population Health at Stanford University, because he wouldn't know anything, he said... If we'd not known about a new virus out there and had not checked individuals with PCR tests, the number of total deaths due to influenza-like illness would not seem unusual this year. At most, we might have casually noted that flu this season seems to be worse than average, but the media coverage would have been less than for an NBA game between the two most indifferent teams – We need to prepare but not overreact. The trouble is already this fear has overtaken. There are people frightened to send their kids to school. There are other people who say, well, I don't want to go anywhere. We've got to have social distancing, keep one and a half metres apart. When will the Opera House ever open? When will West End and Broadway ever open? When will there ever be a concert? No one can tell us. I tell you what, Corey, it's far worse than they're letting on.
1: It's much, much worse, Alan, and uh, I suspect that life won't return to normal for, for many, many years, and... The real disturbing thing for me, from my point of view, is that um, how easily people have been convinced that yes. their lives have been in jeopardy. Now, well, let's recognise the fact that if you're elderly or you have a comorbidity, of course there's a huge risk for you, like there is with the flu every year. But all of a sudden, we've allowed governments to tell us we're not allowed to sit on park benches, we're not allowed to go to the, the, the beach, we're not allowed to um, go to a normal store because of some... Manufactured fear, and I suspect that this is working towards the agenda of those who um, perhaps have, have put, been pushing global warming for a very long time to shut down the carbon carbonised economy. Absolutely, and uh, that's a real problem for all See,
0: cory Corey, I made the point at the weekend that in 1957, the Asian flu claimed 120,000 American lives, when America was half today's size. 120,000. Today, the death toll is 99,000, and 98.5% of those cases are Peter Dutton's. They're mild. No one is prepared to tell the story. It doesn't suit their agenda.
1: You're exactly right, Alan. And if you look at the things that that kill people around the world, this is a very mild thing. It It is respectively less than a normal flu season. 25,000 people a day die of hunger in this world. And yet very few people are outraged about that. 4,000 people a day die of tuberculosis. No one is saying, let's shut down the world economy because of this. And so there has to be something else behind this. The the coronavirus or COVID-19 is bad. But, you know, in normal circumstances, we deal with these things almost. Every single day.
0: Absolutely. Day. So far, there are 348,000 deaths from coronavirus. There have been, to this date today, May 26, 5.2 million deaths from communicable disease. There have been 3.2 million deaths from cancer. There have been 392,000 deaths from malaria. There have been 2.002 million deaths from smoking. Oh dear, will we ever get out of it? I mean, we don't trust Australians to be adults they're now accepting to be dictated to by government almost in everything they do?
1: Well, it, this is a big question, Alan, and uh, are, are Australians going to say, no, we want our rights. They're, they're given rights. They're, they shouldn't be pr- promoted by any government. They're, they're innate. And uh, do we want right. to see that continue or are we happier to uh, be told what to do by Absolutely. government? So Absolutely. It's a, it's a real test, I think, for not only Australia, but for the world. Well, now,
0: and listen. People- <clears throat> Go on. Yeah. finish off.
1: I was just going to say, there are people in the world who who want to see us uh, basically surrender ourselves to government, and Mm. I don't think that's a a very smart thing to do at all.
0: And it's not a health crisis anymore. This is economic carnage. Well, Corey, it's the last time I'll talk to you on radio, but we will be talking often on television. Thank you for everything you do.
1: Well, thank you, Alan. And may I just say, you are an extraordinary Australian. You are um, a living legend, is how I would describe you. And uh, it's been a great privilege to call you a friend to be on your radio show, and I know so many Australians have benefited from your wisdom and insight. So every best wish, and I look forward to joining you on television.
0: Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Corey. There he is, lovely human being, Corey Bernardi. It's one and a half to eight.